Man, I don't know what to tell you about all this new conference realignment stuff. It's bad for the sport. It's bad for the athletes. It's bad for the fans. I guess it's good for venture capitalists and the people whose pockets this is all lining. But for everyone else, this is all bad. You are Locked On Boston College, your daily podcast on the Boston College Eagles. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome. This is Locked on BC. I am your host, AJ Black of 247. I want to get into two big things today. We're going to talk about realignment and we'll look at camp for Boston College. So the good and the bad. The bad news, let's start with realignment, which kicked off even more news on Friday as Oregon and Washington are set to leave the Pac-12 and head over to the Big Ten after a long courtship that went back to last year and back and forth, whether these two schools would stay with the Pac-12 or take a uh, reduced share to go to the Big Ten, they chose to leave. This basically leaves the Pac-12 dead. They're gone. It's a rotting corpse at this point because as we speak, as I'm recording, it sounds like Arizona, Arizona State, and Utah are set to flee the um, to the to the Big 12, leaving, what, four schools left? That's They're gone. That conference is gone. And that's bad. Then... Um, also on Friday morning, we got more news on what Florida State is trying to do, and they have hired J.P. Morgan and to raise funds, which f- seems like they're they're trying to find a way to raise funds to get themselves out of the ACC. So they're buying basically, you know, venture capitalists and all these other people that want to fund money into that so they can get a return on their investment. That's a great, great thing, right? Get, yeah, let's get. Those people who have done such a great job with so many other industries in our world, whether it's the media or entertainment or sports, let's get them involved in college sports too. All of this is awful. And I want to, before I get on my diatribe about this, I am removing myself here as a Boston College fan. This has nothing to do with me in Boston College. So don't jump in my comment section and tell me, this is AJ because you're a Boston College fan. You're looking... No, this is me as a college sports fan. I consume a ton of college football and college sports content that has nothing to do with Boston College. I stay up and watch Pac-12 after midnight. I watch, um, you know, game day and every game on, you know, from Wednesday to Saturday, I'm watching whatever I can get my hands on. And for fans like that, this is bad. This is bad, bad, bad. This does not benefit fans in the least because – you're getting rid of all of the traditional regional rivalries, which make college sports special. Oregon and Oregon state gone. Washington and Washington state gone. You're 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 it's all going away all because of money. And yeah, I get it. You don't need to get into it with me with money. I get it, but there's more to life than just money in college football for a long time was that place to go. And now fans are losing all of those little things. So that's one piece of why this is bad. The second piece is for the athletes. How does this impact the athletes at all? How does this benefit them at all? For the, for the track star at Washington that now has to go to Rutgers to run a meet, 
or a soccer player who has to go from Maryland to Oregon, how's that help them at all? Now they're doing cross-country trips on top of all the classwork that they have to do, on top of all the other things that they're you know, training and, and all the other pieces of their, of, of their school and jobs that they have to do. This doesn't help the athletes at all. And the football players may say, and fans may say it helps the football programs. You get better rivalries and better programs and blah, blah, blah. You're still shipping them across the country too. So it doesn't, it just doesn't benefit them at all. It doesn't benefit the fans at all. It is bad. And who does it benefit? It, it just like everything else, it, it goes all the way up, right? The school who, I don't know why we would be def- as, as just a Joe Blow fan, why other than maybe you, you, you get a better stadium or a better coach, why you would care about any of this. Like, they're getting the people that are pocketing this money are not you and me. It's the, it's these other people at the same time, killing off, you know, all these other schools that you could watch their product. It, it's, it's icky. This is all icky. And and what Florida state is doing is even more icky because now they're getting, you know, all these companies that are, are just, you know, ruthless and all they care about is their bottom line. You want to get that kind of mind frame also into sports, man. I don't know. I, that's not something I would I would want. But this is where college sports are at. And you know, are we going to fast forward in a couple weeks and or a couple years and find out that the end game of all of this is thirty two teams in the Big Ten and thirty two teams in the SEC? Maybe. And if that's the case, let's just fast forward it now because it's all exhausting. The part about this news cycle, and I think that makes people so exhausted to hear about it, is this is August is usually the time where everyone feels good about college sports. Every team is undefeated. Every team has infinite um, optimism for the upcoming season. Everyone is feeling great about their program. Now you have this dark cloud just like parked over college football that has made any excitement about this upcoming season hard to get through that because all everyone's talking about is realignment. And at the end of the day, that's not good for the sport. It's, it's not. Um, And I don't know what the next steps are going to be. I don't know how the ACC is going to handle all this. You know, there was rumors that Oregon and Washington were going to get offers from the ACC as well, but that never happened. Um, and now it looks like, you know, I, I keep seeing the meme of um, the skeleton in the, in the lawn chair at the bottom of the ocean with the Pac-12 logo around its neck, like super, uh, you know, photoshopped on it. You know, it feels like that chair is about to, to, to hold the ACC next. And again, like at the end of the day, you, you ask yourself, what makes college sports fun? Is it the money? Is it, you know... 8,000 foot long scoreboards that you can now afford or, you know, overpaying your coach to coach 12, you know, 12 games a year and, and recruit for you. Or is it the community and great feels that you have when you have a game like Oregon and Oregon state, that rivalry, that fun that you have when you play those two types of schools as a fan, I'm asking you what feels what's more fun. Okay. Because at the end of the day, a team like Florida State, who is, you know, barking and barking and barking, if they just did their business and took care of things this year, they'd make the playoffs. They'd get exactly what they want. Fans would be happy. They could 
you know, go to the playoffs, you know, win the ACC. They've got a team talented enough to do it. But it's all about money. They have money right now, and they're going to compete. So, I don't know. It, it's all, again, I'm ta- saying this as a college football fan. Do not go into this. You're a Boston College person. I don't care. I'm covering college football right now. I'll turn on my BC hat in a second. This is bad for the sport. It's bad for college athletics in general. It hurts. It hurts everything from football to baseball to everything. It, it's it's going to impact that all. And it stinks. That's all I got to say about that. All right. In a moment, we're going to get into uh, BC's camp. And we're going to look at uh, some of the guys that have stood out. And some of the things I've heard. And some of the uh, players that I, I'm really excited to um to talk about because I need to stop talking about realignment because it's going to drive me insane. We'll get into that in just a moment. But before I do that, I want to tell you about locked on ACC. Listen to it. while It's still around locked on ACC is hosted by Candace Cooper and Kenton Gibbs. It's incredible. You got to check them out wherever you get your podcast. And while I'm at it, we tell you about our good old friends at LinkedIn. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs help you find the right people for your team faster and for free. So head on over to LinkedIn, add your job in the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring. With simple tools like screening questions, it makes it easier to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience that you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. It's why businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn jobs help you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash locked on college. It's LinkedIn.com slash locked on college to post your job for free. Get on that, folks. Terms and conditions apply. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right. Let's stop talking realignment here, folks. My head's spinning. I want to talk about BC. I've been at I've been at Chestnut Hill the last two days. I've checked out I've checked out practice, and I got a lot I want to talk about. Now today, this is Friday. We got a chance to talk to Ryan O'Keefe. My first time talking to him because I didn't get to see him during spring, and uh, we got to hear about him uh, for a, a few different things. Uh, so we talked to him. We talked to, got to hear about his experience, but he also was added to a watch award list for the Horning award, which I believe is for kick returners, which leads into why I I'm really excited about what he could bring BC. Now uh, the Horning award is for the best kick returner. Now O'Keefe last year averaged over 20 yards of kick return on Thursday. Halfley talked about O'Keefe and what he could bring to special teams. You know, he said, it's been a while since they've had a kick returner that can go take it to the house. Every time he touches the ball, he's really excited that this would be something that O'Keefe could do. Um, you remember the last guy that BC really had, that was a solid kick returner was Travis Levy. Um, and I, I like Levy. Uh, you know, he had definitely had a couple big kick returns. I can't think of one off the top of my head. Um, I th- actually, no, I think it was against Clemson. I think he had a big one against Clemson. Um, but 
I'm really excited about O'Keefe because he has the experience. He's done the kick returning and he has the straightaway speed that you don't find elsewhere on this team. So with a team like BC, that field position is going to be so critical when you, when you want to be able to, you know, start your, your kickoffs, either they're going to have to kick it through the end zone, which in college can be tough, or you're going to get a guy that could take it to the 30, 35 every single time. That's good. That's something exciting. And the fact that maybe we might see a, a kickoff return touchdown, uh, you know, that would be a big deal. Now O'Keefe is multidimensional though. And I think that is what um, I think is really exciting about what he can do. He talked about how he, you know, he's really excited to do a whole bunch of things. If you were wondering why he came to Boston college, he explained it. He said he came to BC because he wanted to play in a pro style offense. It'll help him uh, get ready for the NFL faster. You know, he was more in a gimmicky college offense at UCF under Gus Melzon. And he wanted to put on film a pro style uh, set of tapes. And that's cool, right? That I, you've always heard about like pro style. And you're wondering like, why does this even matter? Like who cares? Right. Let's just do some gimmicky college stuff and that'll be fun. Well, you brought in a, a guy with 150 catches who wants to come here because it could help him set up for the NFL. That was cool. And he also, he has a great relationship with Daryl Wyatt, their wide receivers coach. So it seemed like a slam dunk uh, that he came here. And, and I think, you know, he talked about working out with Emmett Moorhead. So I, I think that will be the big question. What will be the chemistry between O'Keefe and Moorhead? They're brand new to each other. But O'Keefe spent a lot of the summer, he said, working out with him. That's great. You That's the kind of stuff you want to see, right? You want to see a guy who's new spending time with your quarterback. So they know each other's tendencies. Know uh, that, you know, they can get their communication on the same page right away. Um, I I think that's a big deal. And, you know, I don't, I'm not ready to say he's going to be the next Zay because he's not going to be the next Zay, but the combination of O'Keefe, Jaden Williams and uh, Joseph Griffin, uh, you know, with a smattering of Dino Tomlin and some of the other guys, gives BC a nice compliment of wide receivers and a deeper group that they had last year. I think that's important, right? You know, you look at the returning amount of receptions uh, coming back this year. I was talking to Rich Thompson of the Herald, the, the guy that leads that has the most receptions that were on, was on the team last year was Pat Garwo. That's a little concerning. You could see why people would be a little nervous about that. But now that you have, you brought in a transfer, you've got Jaden Williams back and you, you know, I don't know where he left last year too, or he got hurt or whatever. You have a good group. And I think O'Keefe will be the, 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 the key piece, but you know, I, I'm really interested to see what the other guys are like too. Interesting little nugget too, that came up at camp. Um, we got to meet Emmett Moorhead, you know, and as part of the media, a lot of these guys are super nice. So Emmett Moorhead shakes my hand and I, I don't got a big hand. Um, he shakes my hand. His hand's huge, <laughs> you, you know, and we'll talk about Emmett in a little bit, but he talked about um, his hand being big. Joseph Griffin's even bigger than his. So there's a guy, there's a guy with a big hand. you got a wide receiver with an even bigger one. You're going to be getting some really good uh, high contestable balls. Uh, you know, those, those, toss up catches. I think that'll be exciting as well. Uh, But I'm really, Ryan O'Keefe is like my guy that I am just really interested to see what he does this year. Cause he clearly wants to get to the NFL and he came to Boston college because he was recruited by Daryl Wyatt. He saw what Zay flowers did as, as Jeff Halfley said yesterday, there's the Zay effect is real. 
wide receivers want to come to Boston College because of what they saw Zay do. And the more that Zay is doing crazy during the NFL, and you know, maybe we'll do a segment about him later. This is all helping Boston College's case. So O'Keefe is a name that I'm really excited to, to follow more and see, you know, how really connected he is because I think he could be a real asset for Boston College moving forward. Now, in our final segment, I'm going to talk about Emmett Moorhead and why what I've seen and what I've heard shows me this is a guy that is ready to become a leader and be a confident, good ACC quarterback. You want to hear my thoughts about where he's gone in just a moment. For a championship team, it's all about making sure every player is a perfect fit. It's the same when it comes to your vehicle. Every part needs to fit just right. So the next time you need parts and accessories, head to eBay Motors. With eBay's guaranteed fit, you can make sure every fit part fits just right. The first time around, just add your ride to my garage and look for the green check to know the part will fit or your money back. Because just like in sports, confidence is the name of the game when you shop on eBay Motors. And with over 122 million parts to choose from, you'll be back in the game in no time. After all, it's easy to bring home a win when the right parts are guaranteed. Get the right parts, the right fit, and the right prices on ebaymotors.com. Let's ride! eBay guaranteed fit, only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Locked on BC, AJ Black. We just had our 75% off deal on Eagle Insider, and I was blown away with the amount of, and my bosses were blown away by the, the response of all of you. And the, the deal ended, but they have a second deal that just came up that I want to throw out to you too. If you missed out, if you want to get insider information um, as I go to practices, getting you know more and more information as the season goes along with visitors and recruiting news, all the goodies, everything from BC all in one spot, you can still get 60% off. This is a deal you may not want to miss. So head over to Eagle Insider and sign up today. Now, on Friday, we also got a chance to talk to Emmett Moorhead. Uh, and I was talking to one of the guys from the New England Pro, uh, Pro Football Fo- uh, Journal. And they come to, to, pre- to they were coming too. And they, were, they got a chance to watch him throw. I didn't get to that part of it. And they were saying the ball is coming out of his hands fast and confident. That Emmett Moorhead looks like he's continuing to develop into like a confident, you know, player out there and really getting his feel. And I saw, I've met Emmett a bunch of times, right? So I've seen him at press conferences, uh, you know, when he first started, you know, that time when uh, Jakovic went down two years ago and he was like a fresh newbie and deer in headlights last, even the spring and last year, he still seemed like kind of green. I don't know what, kind of development he's had in the last couple of months, but he seems like a completely different guy right now. He seems completely locked in, uh, relaxed, but very focused on what he wants to do and where he can take this team. And between what you've seen on the field and heard about and what the way he's presenting himself, it gets you excited that this is, this is really the right guy for Boston college. And he is going to be better than some folks expect. and could be in the top half of ACC quarterbacks this year. I, I don't think that's a question in my personal opinion. I mean, we talked about it with Mitch before even any of this stuff has come out and Mitch had him in his top half before the season even started. So how high can he get? I mean, this is a guy six, six, he said, and I loved, I loved hearing about this. He talked about some of the quarterbacks. He spent time with Rob Chudzinski this offseason, who's, you know, one of the offensive development coaches. You know, he's a full-time coach on the staff now. And Chudzinski had him sit down and watch Phillip Rivers and um, I think he said Matthew Stafford. But the one that he really kind of locked in on was Andrew Luck. 
know, Andrew Luck was a big quarterback too, just like Evan Moorhead. They're both big dudes. I, I don't know about you, but I would love to watch Emmett Moorhead morph into the a younger Andrew Luck because those Stanford offenses, as ugly as they could be, and some of those, the, the ways that they set those offenses up are, are ugly in a beautiful way. I would love to see Emmett Moorhead do the things that Andrew Luck could do. And, and you know, even if he can't, trying to mold yourself after him is a perfect, that's a perfect, you know, smart quarterback that I would love to see lead BC. And so Moorhead really impressed me. Um, and we'll just have to, again, just like with everything, we're at camp, we're, we're projecting out. We have to wait to see what he does on the field to see if all of this is just fluff or if we're getting the right intuition about where he's going with this team. Because for me to see this, it, it, it feels good now, but you know, what's it going to be like when he's get hit by, uh, you know, a, a linebacker or he throws his first interception and gets rattled. That's the, the that's the bigger question. So that's kind of wraps up our conversation about camp for this week. Now for over the weekend, they have more practices. It's closed off to the media. Monday and Tuesday, Jeff Halfley will be back. So we'll get some more information about how things are going, you know, get some more details. I haven't heard anything about injuries or anything like that yet. Um, they kind of close everything off. They try to keep injuries a big secret, <laughs> uh, but we'll, we'll get more information as that goes along. Now, if you want to follow me on Twitter at AJBlack247, hit the subscribe and like button on wherever you get your, your podcast or on YouTube. We'll be back again on Monday to talk more football. Hopefully we'll get some more analysis of what's going on in, in basketball in Rome. Uh, who was, they were in Rome last I saw. I know they're going to the Vatican City next. We'll get all more in, anything else that's going on in college sports. We'll be here to talk about it. Thank you all so much, and we'll see you again soon. Take care.